Hey, have you heard about popcultureclassroom.org? Pop Culture Classroom inspires a love of learning, increases literacy, celebrates diversity, and builds community through the tools of popular culture and the power of self-expression. That sounds awesome. Pop Culture Classroom envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture who create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities, and they bring us Denver Pop Culture Comic Con. So... That's why you get these panels, these guests, these interviews, all of this programming that we offer through the BAC network. Other things that Pop Culture Classroom gives a shit about, quality service to kids and communities, respect, inclusiveness, and diversity, equality of opportunity, alternative approaches to education, recognizing each person's intrinsic dignity and importance, that's always good, and open communication, responsibility, and honesty. Does it sound like I'm reading that off their website? It's because I am. I want to get it right, because they deserve to get it right, and they deserve to have you go to their webpage, popcultureclassroom.org, and donate so that they can keep on trucking with their awesome mission to change the world through pop culture and literacy and education and etc. It was an earlier draft, but I I could not 
just, I want to go back to your. So I, I, I took the script, I deposited it, and I went to any of you are interested in creating your that's not the best way. <laughs> and then the friend I was with said that I never did that kind of thing when I was back in New York. I would follow any possible job, you know, potential rain, shine, hail, whatever. And so I picked it up and began to read it. And then I uh, went back and I met Bob Selectus. And that sealed the deal. And I have no regrets in this incredible ride of this future experience. Whereas I, on the other hand, regret the whole thing. <laughs> it was a huge mistake. I was Christopher Lloyd's trash man at the time. Picked up that lucky waste paper basket and said, What is this? I used it for three years to actually balance my fish tank and level it out. No, I, uh, it's, it, it was it's spectacular. I was just an actor. I mean, I was an actor on television, um, not when I had movies, I had uh, television commercials and, and uh, sitcoms and uh, you know, Night Rider chasing that darn kick car and that kind of thing. But, uh, but to be in a movie, now, certainly, but then, I love cachet, a movie actor. Well, I don't have any movie credits. Uh, the credit was introducing biscuits in the National Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. So, that's, that's right, see? Without me, no biscuits. You're welcome. So, but, I hadn't done a movie, so I came in uh, along with probably hundreds of other actors. Uh, I was I was very nervous. Uh, not at first. At first, it was like another audition. I uh, the casting director came in. And my agent made a big push to get me to the audition. So I came to the audition and said, "Well, you're supposed to be God's gift to acting. So let's see this." And, uh, no pressure. And I did the scene. I did the scene. But then uh, I I was called back. You know, as the as the crowd thins and less and less actors are being considered. I got called back more for that role than any other role I've ever played. I heard you got quite physical in the audition. I got quite physical. What she said? <laughs> I got yes. We went quite up. Physical. Yes, I got physical. And the last one, I did. I went back seven or eight times. They put old age makeup on me to see how I would act. They put they put me through a lot of just because this is a big movie. They want to make sure that you're going to do an okay job. So the last night, for, well. I had tickets to see Bruce Springsteen with my hot girlfriend, who is now my hot wife of 34 years. But I had tickets to Bruce Springsteen, and in the afternoon they said they want me to go back and audition for Back to the Future one more time tonight. What about Bruce? Exactly. Exactly. Or to run. Come on. So, so I go to this audition about 6.30 leave. And a big, big table in the conference room, and there the heads of the studio in there, and Steven Spielberg is there, and Robert Zemeckis. It seemed like all of Hollywood was at this audition. 
And Crispin Glover was there. He was auditioning for George McFly. And we, went, we did the scene that they had specifically written for the audition because the, the script was so secret. So I went through it with Crispin, pushed him around, bullying him and everything, and Robert Zemeckis, the director, took me aside and said, I want you to push him around a little bit, get to So sometimes you take a risk. So, okay, he's asking for that. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to just, I'm going to risk everything for this. And I, I pushed poor Crispin around that office. I mean, I had him all the table, pushing him around. Getting him in a headlock, walking around the room, I'm doing all this. Anyway, the end of the scene, I literally take he had a sort of a thicker shirt or jacket on it, and I just grabbed him in big handfuls, and I lifted him into the air, and I'm pushing him against the ceiling of the room. I mean, fly, this kind of but with all this physicality, with all of this stuff, and having him in the air. I completely lost my way in the scene and forgot all the lines. <laughs> but he was, when I forgot the lines, he was in the air. So I kind of just froze it. And then your brain's going crazy. Do you provide something? Say something! It's too quiet! And I just kind of put him down on the floor and. Ta da! <laughs> And I, so, is it Christopher? Could you stay? Yeah. And I left. Oh. Then I went, I got to the Bruce Springsteen concert, and I was the saddest person in the history of Bruce Springsteen live performing. The entire gigantic stadium dancing in the dark. Ba, 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 ba. And I'm way up in that section. I destroyed everything! But then the next morning they called, uh, my agent called and said, you got the role, you did it back to the future. That's amazing. Thank you. Please sit down. Please. Not necessary. So if you could go back and meet your parents when they were younger, would you hang out with them? Were they cool? Would you be their friends? Would you be friends with your parents if you met them at that time? Were your parents cool? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I, I, one of my images uh, for Doc Brown was this conductor of classical music called Stokowski. Uh, uh, what was the first name? Leopold. Leopold. <laughs> and he, he made a recording back in the day.
very difficult lives, and they did love us, and they did take care of us, but, uh, but, but it was just a different time. Does that make sense to you at all, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my father was an attorney as well, and he wanted me to follow in his footsteps. And everywhere he'd gone to school, he was top of his class, etc. And I, I, my parents decided to, that I should take these tests to determine what I was fit for in life. You know, the things where you take one block and you put it here, you put it in the right square, and etc. One of the things that was kind of, kind of fun to do, actually, but after the results came in, they said I would be, an ex you know, good to be an executive in a small corporation. And that just didn't really, I didn't find much excitement in that form. Um, so I went to an audition instead. <laughs>
how do you feel about Biff Tannen becoming president? <laughs> There are very easy parallels to draw and everything. But the, the, only thing, the only thing I was, there was definitely that it was actually based on me, which doesn't even work out logically with the timeline. So it was not uh, based on me. This is, uh, the performance was something that I But, you know, good luck with American people. <laughs> I'm for all politicians. You know what, Gigi? I'm for all politicians. And they work hard to really fix everything. <laughs>
we know, and then they're, they're divorced three weeks later. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> this was for you. I didn't know how else to say it. <laughs> Oh, well, the past. Arvo? 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 No, I, 
since you are. Arvo, when I met Arvo, Arvo had been at every Western gospel. He taught every actor, and Arvo was very elderly by the time I met him, well into his 80s. And he moved very slowly, and he had a quiet voice, and he moved like this. But he had a gun on him, you know, so, and I had a gun on me, so he taught me. Slowest, fastest man I've ever known. You know, <laughs> tall, tall, now when you think about it, you have to use your thumb on the trigger and then... Um, I will say the word 
but I called people, um, you know, I called people, it, it, it's, um, I'll tell you what it rhymes with, when you're in an ice fishing and you carve a hole to catch a bat and you carve a bass hole. <laughs> it was that. And I just thought it was custom, you know, okay, that's fine, but it should be dumber than that, you know? So I think, what, what do you call people butthead? Like a butthead. And that's like this pet thing. And then why doesn't he get the phrases wrong instead of right? <laughs> and, and, the, and the important thing with all those phrases is you have to do it totally seriously. <laughs> you know, you have to play it completely straight. I'll hunt you down and shoot you like a duck. <laughs> Jack Fox 
one of the tremendous experiences of all of the films was we were invited to England to do various, uh, they would do a screening for a benefit called the Prince's Trust, right? Uh, and she would come there, and it was, I, well, it's not about the movies, but I mean, just the most gracious young lady that we all fell completely in love with. Uh, so she was just wonderful. Um, and so we had a wonderful time there. Got a question down in front of you. Thanks for coming, gentlemen. Tom, it's your song. Demonstrate, you guys have been asked a lot of questions about Back to the Future for three or four years. Is there a scene or a moment or an aspect to the movies that you guys really like that you don't get asked about all enough? Is there something that you don't get asked about that often? A scene that you like that people might not know? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> the scenes that I love, I'm not kidding, the scenes that I love are in uh, are Chris's scenes in the third Back to the Future. Because when, when you fall in love, when he falls in love with Clara, Mary Seabrook, and his entire, his countenance changed, the way he walks changes. He's like a new man, and it's so wonderful to watch, and he's so heartbroken when he must tell her these things. And there's just this beautiful shot in the evening when he walks up to her door to return the flowers, that he the, the pin with Clara, and he just, he smells the flowers so wistfully, and he just lays them down on her, on her uh, windowsill. You know, and then he walks away and she falls crying onto the bed right there. It's such a be beautifully acted and sh a beautifully shot scene that I just love that scene in answer to your question. I have to say that Mary Steenberg made it easy. She was easy to love. I think I banished it from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.